morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning. We are considering once again the person of Jesus Christ. And the times that we are able to press in and do this always brings forth a blessing. This is because all of God's blessings are in Him and only in Him. So you cannot be, you cannot be blessed apart from the involvement of Christ. Even when the wicked think that they are blessed, what little they possess of this earth was given to them by the Lord who is over all things. See, Jesus is currently over all things. And if any good that a person could possibly possess has been given them, whether, it, whether, it's, an, whether it's authority, all kings, see, that their authority was given, given to them. Or he causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. Did you have a good harvest this past year? It's because of him. That's that's the only thing that you can attribute blessing to. The Lord who is over all things. But the real blessings, see, are not these temporal things of the earth. The real blessings are the things that will never pass away. Do you want a blessing that will never pass away? Look to Jesus. When it's all said and done, the only thing that is blessing men is their association with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one who is saving us. He's the the only one that points the access to God himself. There is no other person. There is no other way. He has been appointed of God for this end to bring many sons to glory And he is the most suitable vessel and the only vessel capable of performing that. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be the glory forever and ever. Now today I would like for us to consider this affirmation of our Lord Jesus Christ that he is worthy. Worthy as defined Deserving such as merits, having worth or excellence, equivalent with of before the thing that's deserved, and possessing worth or excellence of qualities, virtuous in its true sense, esteemable and suitable, having qualities suited to When it comes to measuring up before God, no man has ever measured up to the extent that Jesus Christ has. No one has merited what Christ has merited. No one of themselves has possessed the worth that Christ possesses of himself. No one is as deserving as Jesus Christ himself. No one is as excellent. If any man is going to be worthy of God... There therefore must be a close association with Jesus Christ, the one who is worthy. There is no virtue, there is no quality or excellence of any sort apart from Jesus Christ. The reason for this is precisely stated in our text today. Found in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ given to John the Beloved. In Revelation chapter 5, 1 through 14. And I saw in the right hand of him which sat on the throne a book. Written within and on the backside. Sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. Who is worthy to open the book? And to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven. Nor in the earth. Neither under the earth. Was able to open the book. Neither to look thereon. And I wept much. Because no man was found worthy. To open and to read the book. Neither to even look on it. And one of the elders saith unto me. Weep not, 
behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as if it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and he took the book out of the right hand that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song. Nothing had been sung like this before. Saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be to him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth. Forever and ever. There's no exaggeration in this. This is not like an exaggerated statement. See, men, when they write things up, like in literature, you can take two or three pages to describe how the door looked in the sunlight. And it's just kind of embellished. It's kind of exaggerated. This is not, the, the scripture does not exaggerate. The truth is not an exaggeration. In fact, it's a, de- it's a declaration of what is, what actually is. This is not an exaggerated passage here. There's, Jesus isn't just being flattered here by people. They're not, they're not just saying these things to flatter him. This is, this, these are things that he has merited and things that he is worthy of. When it came to God's everlasting purpose, not just anyone was able to reveal it or to know it, much less to look upon it. Not only could they not loose this, not only did the seals need to be loosed, but this book couldn't even be looked upon by those who weren't worthy. Only one who God deemed worthy would be able to reveal his purpose and look upon it. Not just anybody was able to do this. God has had a purpose all along, but for centuries it remained a mystery. In fact, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard him. It's the mystery. When we're talking about the revelation of the gospel, we're talking about a revelation of a mystery that had been kept secret from the foundation of the world. The book in the right hand of God that's been sealed up. God is righteous, and only one who was found worthy was able to look upon what he was doing and to loose the seals of his divine purpose. In the earth. 
a strong angel proclaimed with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book? This was a shout that rang out through all creation. Searching for any who may be able to do this. Perhaps somebody like Abel, who offered up a pleasing sacrifice for God, who was slain by his brother. Perhaps he was worthy. Or perhaps Enoch, who walked with God and was not, for God took him up. Maybe, maybe Enoch would have been worthy to open up this book. No. Maybe Abraham, the father of the faithful, who trusted God and it was counted to him. He believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Perhaps Abraham could open this book. Or perhaps Samson, with all of his strength, all of his godly strength, maybe Samson in his strength could open up this book. Perhaps Solomon and all of his earthly wisdom could loose the seals of this book. Who is able to open it? Maybe that mighty King David who had a heart after God's own heart. Maybe he could open up the book. Or even Michael the archangel. Certainly he could loose the seals. But after the call had gone out, after the appeal was made, after all of creation had been scrutinized, no man in heaven and no man on the earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book or even look at it. And John wept much. He wanted to know. This is the hallmark of the godly in every generation. They want to know. Many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see. They want to know. That's the normal pose. It's what, this was a grief to John that God possessed something that could not be known. And so those who are content to not know are totally out of line with kingdom thinking. Those who are content to not know God there's something horribly wrong with that condition. All of, all of creation doesn't behave this way. Who's able to open the book? What's in the book? That's the normal posture. John could not know, and so he wept much. And such is the manner of God that sometimes he allows us to weep for a season. For a moment. Before he lifts us up. Weeping may endure the night. But joy comes in the morning. God may take us to the brink. Where it appears as if all hope is lost. The situation may appear to be bleak and out of control. But no sooner did John begin to weep. That the cry rang out. Wait look. The lion from the tribe of Judah. He's prevailed to open the book. He was able to do it. Praise the Lord. How was he able to do it? How? Was he an exceptionally strong man? Was he an exceptionally wise man? Perhaps we would see next in the, in the text an image of a warrior. A supreme muscle-bulging strong man clothed in magnificent glory on a horse. Perhaps we would see a scholarly and a studious man filled with a superior wisdom. But contrary to the wisdom of men on this matter, we see something quite differently, don't we? When we behold the one who prevailed, and I beheld, after this proclamation, this is what he, be, be, this is, this is what he saw, and I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as if it had been slain. Instead of a symbol of might and power and wisdom, we see the symbol of innocence slain. A gentle, quiet, meek, and humble creature who before its shearers is dumb, 
peaceful, the one who knew no sin, made to be sin. We see a lamb. We see a symbol of a sacrifice. The lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. A sacrifice had been needed to open the book. A sacrifice had been needed to reveal the purpose of God to men. The one worthy would be the one who in his innocence would be slain for the sin of another. And this one we see as one as if it had just been slain. Freshly slain. It still bore the marks of being slain. That's what was in the center. The consideration following the ability to open the book and the loose the seals brings us to a freshly slain lamb. When he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb. They sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For, this is why, thou was slain and has redeemed us to God Amen. by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests. It was an effectual sacrifice. It did something. What Jesus did, he, he didn't just die. His death did something. It redeemed us. It made us kings and priests. And Jesus didn't waste any time after he had taken the book. He himself began to open up the work that God had purposed from the foundation of the world. And as he began to reveal the purpose of God, it's manifest in the reaction of those who fall down before him with singing and offerings and prayers. This redemption was a work not just for a select few, all, all ideas with limited atonement assigned. I don't like that word, limited atonement. I don't like that phrase. It's not in the scripture. I understand the idea and the premise behind it, but I don't like that phrase, limited. Jesus' atonement was not limited. Amen. It's, he died for the sin of the whole world. Amen. He put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. It was a, there was a fullness to it. He began to open up the work. The redemption was not just for a select few, but something that was made available to all of mankind, and it was effective at saving to the uttermost. There was not a nation or tribe or people or tongue that has been discluded from this sacrifice. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain. There is no other religious text on the face of the earth that makes such a declaration. No other God that I am aware of has ever been declared to be worthy. Amen. Now you just find it out for yourself. Other gods certainly demand to be served, which are, which are no other gods. But nevertheless, what people perpetrate as other gods, no other God has been tried or tested and found worthy like our Lord Jesus Christ. Go try it out yourself. Go to Google, type in, the Lord is worthy, and see what you got coming up with. The only results that you will pull up are the results about Jesus Christ and his Father. No other God has ever come down and took on the form of creation and suffered and laid down their life. No other God has died and has come back from the dead, triumphing over it, to be set as Lord over all with everything under his feet. Our Lord is absolutely unique, and heaven wants it known 
that he is worthy. Heaven wants it declared that Jesus Christ is the only one found worthy in the eyes of God in and of himself. He's the only one worthy of the praise of men. He's the only one worth living for. And he's the only one worth dying for. Let those who serve other things forsake them and serve the one who is worthy to be served. There was so much going on in this account. And like I said, this is not an embellishment. There was so much going on in this vision that an amazing number was recorded 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Well, 10,000 times 10,000 is 100 million and thousands of thousands is millions and millions. And the idea here isn't to establish the actual number that John saw, but the magnitude of what he saw. The magnitude. This could not be immediately contained even in his field of vision. It's like everywhere the apostle John looked, in every direction, there were multitudes of the redeemed singing. There was a length and breadth and depth and height. There was a fullness to the praise. It was 10,000 times 10,000. It was a multiplication of praise. And thousands of thousands. More was added to that. What John saw could be summed up as this. A multiplication of praise and more. It's it's succinctly stated truth. The scripture states it perfectly. That's about as perfect as you could get to describing a number that no man can number in the language of men. This This is the end of what Christ has accomplished now. This is the end of the one who was worthy. This may not be happening before our eyes right now, but it's going to be happening very soon, brethren. And while it hasn't happened yet in its fullness, God wants us to know about it now. He wants the world to know about it now. It was said in a loud voice. This wasn't kept in a secret now, okay? This this wasn't whispered. This wasn't simply spoken. This wasn't casually declared. In fact, things that you're passionate about, you tend to raise your voice about them. It was shouted. It was a voice that signified their zeal and affection for Christ, that all would hear of his worthiness. It was a shout that had their heart in it. It wasn't a mechanical shout. It wasn't a shout detached from their persuasion. What they could see or perceive or know. This is something that they knew. This is something that they had learned. This is something that they were. They could perceive the magnitude of his worthiness. It's the statement that they and the God, the father of the universe wants the universe to hear a multiplication of voices and more in unison with unanimous consent shouted with all of their might worthy is the lamb that was slain there's no question about it this is something that is absolutely crystal clear in heaven right now while there are men on the earth that doubt this they doubt the superiority of god they they doubt there's no doubting in heaven right now, brethren. There's, there's no vacillation in heaven right now, brethren. This is a crystal clear thing in heaven right now, what Jesus has done. You see, all of creation delights in the meditation of Christ. His people delight in him. He is worthy because he has been slain. His worthiness is comprehended. In the light of his substitutionary atonement for all of humanity. The prince of life was slain in that of his own volition. No man took his life. He laid it down of himself. He obeyed the father's commandment to lay down his life and to take it up again. He took the punishment for sin of the world. 
all of sin, of all time. He took that punishment upon himself. He that knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He who was that perfect and spotless lamb was made to be a curse. He was smitten of God and afflicted. And not only did all of humanity turn their faces from him, but the father himself forsook him at this time. He redeemed us with his own blood. And neither we or heaven will ever get tired of hearing about it. All the purpose of heaven concerning humanity revolves around this lamb who was slain and he was slain and we rejoice in it. And the fact that he died is cause for great rejoicing to those that were dead in trespasses and sins. I was dead in trespasses and sins, but I've been made alive by the blood of Christ and I rejoice in it. And I know that you all rejoice with me in that. For the one who was dead is alive forevermore and he has the keys of, of death and hell. He's not, and he's not on the cross anymore. He's been highly exalted at the right hand of God and all things have been put under his feet and it's been right to do it. It was right for God to make him Lord in Christ. Why? Because he's worthy. He's been found worthy of it. And all those acquainted with the reality of what he has done find no problem expressing with every fiber of their beings this compelling desire to let the universe know that he's worthy. As we have said, when we say worthy, we mean deserving, such as one who have merits or earned something, having worth or excellence, is virtuous or esteemable having qualities suited to either in a good or bad sense. See, for instance, a a good man's deeds can be worthy of praise, and an evil man's work can be worthy of death. See, and this is is like the righteous recompense for what has been done. So if you do evil, you're worthy of death. See, that's, that's the recompense for doing evil. But see, Jesus... With what he has done, he is worthy to receive a recompense for what he has done. Because of what he's done, he's the one who's worthy to receive power. Worthy to receive power. He has all power in heaven and earth. He's the one in authority. He's the one in charge. And he's worthy to be in charge. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. No man holds a station higher than him. No ruler has authority over him. He's above all and has a name above all names. He's worthy to have that name. He's earned it. He has the ability to perform God's every desire, to accomplish God's will, to make God's work and purpose effective. Jesus is worthy to perform what he has set out to do, and he will accomplish it as he has power. He will not be hindered by anyone or anything. He is omnipotent in every extent of that word, and he is worthy of that omnipotence. He is right, it's right for his work to be successful. He is worthy to receive power and strength No task is too difficult for him. No enemy of his is able to overcome him. He's worthy to receive strength. He's worthy to triumph over all his enemies and to perform the task of delivering his people from the power of darkness and has the ability to perform it. He's worthy to have that ability. The one who is worthy to receive power and strength certainly will keep all who cling to him. This is why Jesus said things to his disciples such as, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to a yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible for you. The Christ that we are associated with is the one who is worthy 
to receive all power and strength. And so there is nothing in the natural realm or the spiritual realm that is able to stop you from performing the will of God in him. He is worthy to receive riches. Everything precious belongs to Christ. See, there's, there's really none wealthier than Christ. That there is nothing that, that Christ himself has need of. He is worthy. Jesus is worthy to have it all, so to speak. He has invested himself in salvation and he has earned his wages accordingly. He is worthy of riches. When the devil offered him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time, little did he know that Jesus was already given a much better offer by the Father. And it was this joy that was set before him that he was able to endure the cross, despising the shame of it. All of the precious things of God are his to not only possess, but to distribute as he sees fit. See, a person that has wealth on the earth, they, they have the ability to distribute because they have something to give. Uh, he's worthy to receive all riches. You know, some men hoard their riches for themselves. Others sit on what they have and they never utilize it. And other people use what they have been given to profit others, to supply a need, to solve a problem. To improve their environment. Jesus is more like the latter. See, Jesus is not a miser. Jesus isn't stingy with the the riches of God here. He's distributing what he has been giving of the Father to the benefit of his people. When it comes to being a good steward of riches, Jesus is the best one of them all. John wrote, Of his fullness... Have all we received and grace for grace. We have access to the riches by faith. And we do not not have to live spiritually impoverished lives anymore. We can buy riches of him. He can make a person rich in the things of God. Rich in wisdom and understanding and mercy and love and faithfulness and peace and truth, able to traffic right along in kingdom matters. You you have to be rich in the things of God to be able to have a good spiritual exchange. See, he is worthy to receive wisdom. He's worthy to receive wisdom, to know what to do. See, a Jesus, Jesus is not only omnipotent or all-powerful because he's worthy, But he's also omniscient or all-knowing or all-wise because he is worthy. And actually, these two things cannot be separated from one another. It would do no good for a person to be all-powerful and not be all-wise. You could certainly have the ability to perform something but not know when to perform it. Or Or not understand the implications of that power, see. You can have the power, but not know how to properly use it. Solomon saw this, didn't he? There was none in Israel who had been vested with as much power and authority as Solomon. But he perceived that it did not matter one bit as long as he was devoid of the wisdom on how to employ that power correctly. Jesus is worthy to receive all wisdom. He is able to employ his authority and power in the most efficient and effectual way possible because he knows and understands the mind of the Father and is completely in sync with him. Jesus truly is the power and wisdom of God. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. That's what the prophet Isaiah said. He is worthy to receive honor and glory. That is, he is worthy to be acknowledged for who he is and what he has done. As if it wasn't enough. 
for him to be the most all-powerful and all-knowing. But because he's that, and because of what he's done, God demands that he is recognized. He is worthy to receive honor. In other words, it's not right not to honor the son. That's a sin to not honor him because he's worthy of the recognition. He's worthy to receive honor and glory, worthy to be acknowledged. There is absolutely nothing that Jesus has done that will not be recognized by an assembled universe. If God is unrighteous to forget your labor of love, don't let anyone think for one second that Jesus' work will ever be forgotten or go unrecognized. On the last day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. For his people, this will be a pleasant thing, knowing the one that we have served and being intimately acquainted with him. But for the wicked... This will be a fearful thing done with much trembling. See, this will not be in a, like some kind of mechanical, autonomous bowing against the volition of those who bow. No one will bow before Jesus just on the basis that they are supposed to. Now I want to be implicit about this. They will not bow simply because they were thrown to the ground but because they will have a full understanding of who Jesus Christ is and what position that he holds in relation to who they are. This is, for the saints, this bow is a bow of reverence and adoration and admiration. But see, for the ungodly, it will be a bow of humility it will be a consensus to the superiority of God, although a very, they will be very much unlike him. It'll be a bow in the trembling wake of falling into the hands of the one they had despised, much like Haman's bow before Queen Esther when he perceived his own downfall and bowed before the queen begging her to spare him. Not because he had reverence for the Jews all of a sudden, or reverence for the king all of a sudden, but in the, in the fear of his own life. In any case, when every knee bows and every tongue is confessed, Christ shall be recognized and will be glorified, and he is worthy to receive it. He is worthy. He's worthy to receive blessing. Let Jesus be pleased with the fruit of his labor. Amen? Amen. Everyone wants to talk about how Jesus has blessed them, and that's fine and everything, but how about Jesus being blessed by what he's done? He's the one worthy to receive blessing. Jesus is the one worthy to be happy and honored and adored and blessed. Jesus is worthy to be the center of attention. Jesus is worthy to be respected and admired and prospered. Let Jesus prosper. Jesus is worthy to have the substance. Jesus is worthy to have the increase. Jesus is worthy to have the worth. Jesus is worthy to be comforted. Jesus is worthy to have the pleasure. And if any man hope to have a share in these things, they must become an heir of Christ. If anybody's going to hope to share in the blessing, you got to get to the one that has the blessing. He's the one worthy to receive the blessing. Which means if you don't know him, you're not going to get the blessing. Joint heir with Christ. See, no, no man will ever receive the blessing apart from their association with Jesus Christ. He is the one to receive blessing. We, along with the rest of the church, brethren, we thank God for one such as this, who is worthy. There's, there's, a, there's one intercessor between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. That should thrill your heart to know that that, that one, the one, the only one that intercedes for us, God's well pleased with him. He's worthy 
He's worthy. He's worthy of all our praise. Mm -hmm. He is the only one who is capable of bringing men to God and revealing the purpose of God in doing so. Mm -hmm. I am thankful that salvation is so big that a number that no man can number will be shouting this for all eternity. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen. Amen. I'd like to open it up for your comments, brethren. There is no one else who's worthy. And he was worthy to open the, the book because he gave up his life. Mm-hmm. Amen. He, it says in uh, verse 9, they sing a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and, and hast redeemed us mm-hmm. to God yes. by thy blood. That's why he was worthy. It had to do with him taking away sin mm-hmm. to uh, be a substitute to, to take our sin, but not only our sin, but the sins of the whole world, to all put on him and taken away. And that's why he was worthy. Sister Jane. Yeah, this book <clears throat> it was the purpose of God. Those seals were things that had to be removed to open up the purpose of God. Amen. Not only to be known, but to be done. And so what Jesus did is satisfied all of the requirements. There were seven seals. And they they had to be like someone had to have the the rightful authority mm-hmm. to remove those seals. Amen. Someone Amen. had to be have the the wisdom and the knowledge to look on the book and to discern mm-hmm. the pages and the contents. Amen. So this being worthy has to do with him him fulfilling everything that was necessary to justly remove the hindrances, if you will, the things that would have prohibited from the book to just be opened. Yeah. And also, it had to be opened by someone who could know what to do with it. Yeah. And have have the authority mm-hmm. to execute what was in the book after yeah, it was opened. These things were shut up against men because they couldn't just know what was in the book. And the the righteousness of God, according to his purpose, had to be fulfilled in order to be... That's why he's the only one that could open the book. Yes. No one else had the qualifications. Amen. And those qualifications... Now, again, we keep coming down to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. These are, this is like the, the focal point. Yes. But the, what was done and what we can say in just that sentence is so large. Amen. It opened up the entire, it's like that's what what made the purpose of God be able to go forward. Amen. And to be known. And so there, was, there wasn't anybody else that could remove those seals. Not just because they, they didn't have some power. They're very powerful beings in heaven. But the qualifications and Amen. the power together had to be. And it really is the purpose of God a member of the Godhead could only open up to that extent the purpose of God. Amen. 
So there's, there's a lot there. I mean, we could go on at some length thinking about this. Amen. But it, it isn't just a point of, of uh, appointment Yeah. Uh, that Jesus was the one. Amen. And that your, your message today about his worthiness, it, it addresses that. Amen. It had to be right. It, it had to be someone who could do it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, this, <clears throat> this sermon was like an overview. Right. It was like a, a broad overview. You could, like Sister June said, you could write a whole series on this. Yeah. Yes, brother. Yeah, this uh, this worthy, you know, the, the, one of the definitions is having the weight of another thing of like value. Mm. It, you know, it, I think one of the kings, he said, you're weighed in the balance and found wanting. Yeah. See, they, they didn't measure up, but Jesus measured up. He always did those things that please the Father. Amen. So his sacrifice is a unique sacrifice, and that he was found worthy, right? And so this, um, I, I love that you went through this. There's a magnitude to the sacrifice of Jesus. There, there, there's a weight. If it, if if a person doesn't repent and they forsake this, that weight's going to be that's going to it's going to crush them. But see, if if you believe on the name of Christ, that weight will actually fortify you. I mean, it, 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 there, you've got to, everyone's got to do something with the sacrifice of Jesus. Some just ignore it. They don't believe it. But they still did something with it. They ignored it. They pushed it aside. So this, um, uh, there's a fullness to, to, to what Jesus did. It's complete. Amen. He doesn't ever have to do it again. Amen. He once in the underworld, he appeared to put away sin, but look at the cost, by the sacrifice of himself. So it's right that he be exalted to the highest position. It's right. He went the lowest. God laid on him the iniquity of us all. He turned his back from him. We can't even fathom all that happened on the moment that God, for those three hours, when he was taking away sin, but he came back because he was worthy. It didn't. It didn't crush Jesus. Amen. He received power. I. I, I just like the whole list here, and you went through them. And this, it's a what a complete salvation. Amen. We don't have to go wanting, go looking for any other place. Actually, it's an insult, but to go say, well, I, I have problems with my marriage. Let me go to the counselors. Go to Jesus. Jesus is the one. He's the one that has all the answers. He's the one that took away all our sin. Uh, I appreciated this message today very much. Amen. Yes, Brother David. Notice that uh, the one that we're worshiping, he himself said in uh, Revelation 1.18, I am he that liveth mm -hmm. and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Mm -hmm. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. So that's the one repeatedly it says there wasn't there was no man who was found worthy but had to be the one who was living and is was dead but now is alive forevermore and so they worshiped him who is alive forevermore. It's repeated I think three times in here. That's the one we worship because he is worthy. That's right. It's his yeah. death that conquered Satan that it conquered the, the works of Satan that opened up hell. He has the keys of hell and death, took away the fear of death. Mm -hmm. He allowed him to open the seals of the book to look in. He was the only one. He was found worthy. Mm -hmm. He was, uh, because he was obedient to the point of death, he, that's why he was granted this worthiness. Uh, he, he was obedient to the point of death. He didn't shrink back from what God commanded him to do. Mm -hmm. Every, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That, he's, there's not anything else we can say. Amen. Yeah. Sister Jim. Yeah, this point of, uh, of uh, we, t we talk about the debt of sin. The value of Jesus 
-hmm. was sufficient to pay the entire debt yes, of sir. sin. Amen. Amen. I remember it said in, in one place in the prophets that the 30 pieces of silver was the value that he that they were valued at. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is the word the world's evaluation yeah. of the worth of Christ. But the father's evaluation of his his mm -hmm. worth is that it was sufficient to pay for sin. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now this this phrase, uh, I don't think I've ever it stood out so much that it see was slain to receive power. Yeah. You know, most people are slain to die, right? No, he, he was slain to receive power. So all these things Christ knew. He, he, he knew what he was dying for. He knew what he what the Father required of him. Remember in the garden he says, if it's possible. He knew in himself this had to happen. And yet, he was showing us something. See, there, that doesn't mean that Jesus was without temptation. Jesus was tempted in like manner. But see, Jesus had the, the, the fortitude of who he was. He knew he had to lay down his life and take it up again. He had received a commandment from the Father before he came, and he submitted to it. Yeah. Now that's teaching us something. Yes. It if, is. if you want to, if you want to grow in, in 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 the grace of God, submit to Jesus. Just just do it. Well, Amen. you know, you say that, but then you have your garden experience. You're going to yeah. be tested. Will yeah. you submit? And but see, if you do, look at this. He he received power. Oh. We have, because Jesus did that, we have power to say no to sin. We have that kind of power now. Devil doesn't have to run over you to say no. I'm going to serve God. But see, that in the moment, that's when it's going to be tested. Amen. In the moment. Yes. It was just an observation, but in the temptation in the wilderness, the temptations were, if thou be the Son of God. Yeah. And on the cross, I just noticed this is if he if this is his son, you know, let him save himself. Yeah. If you know, and if I'm not mistaken, there were three ifs on that one too. Hmm. So there's no mercy with the with the devil. He mm -hmm. never changes. Mm -hmm. and he was casting that at him from the very to the mm -hmm. very end. If. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brethren. Thank you. Sister Samara has our song for Lord's mm -hmm. Supper, and Brother Robert has our meditation today.